didn't see any crocodiles in there. <laughs> you ate crocodile. Fantastic. It was a great video, man. Good to see what you're doing over there. And um, yeah, pray you guys are inspired by that and all of us are able to do something. Amen? Amen? Fantastic. Hey, I really want to encourage you this morning and to. Um, I felt God has placed a word on my spirit that I'd like to uh, bring to you. And I'm really believing that it will shift something in your life. And uh, I don't know about you, but everywhere I go and people I speak to, uh, people are always looking for something that shifts in their life. They want something to move, they want something to shift. And uh, people, are, everywhere I go, people will seem to be looking for a, uh, a greater sense of happiness or looking for a better life somewhere. And I want to kind of uh, bring something to you this morning that I, I really pray that will uh, shift something in your life, will give you the keys at least to, to shift it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Fantastic. Um, and uh, Peter and Sandy uh, done a great course over this last, uh, over this last few weeks and uh, encourage you to just keep your ears out. We're just going to be doing something with them again in the new year and and I'm sure that many people have been blessed. And just to see the amount of people come there to, to see healing and find healing tells me that people are looking for hope or happiness or looking for a shift somewhere in their life. And uh, everywhere we go, people are looking for a shift in their life. Uh, just talking to Dad yesterday, kind of texting, talking. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's with some of the leading uh, business people of Taiwan. And he's got, you know, some of these guys own banks. Um, but yet they're being touched by the presence of God. They have everything material that they need in life. They don't need, if you own a bank, you don't need anything else. You know, you, you're not really in need in, in this aspect of your life, but in other aspects of your life, they're in desperate need and they're looking for hope. So it doesn't matter where you fit in or where your life may be. At some point, we need something to shift inside of our life. One of the things that you know is power is, is dynamic. It's never static. Power shifts and... and um, so we're going to talk about that this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, let's look at that. There's a story here in, in, in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 24. 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 24. Somebody found that? Yeah. If you haven't got your Bibles, we'll, we'll bring it up here on the screen shortly. But let me just tell you about this, a little bit about this story. And uh, the Bible says that, uh, that King Ben-Hadad of, of Syria had surrounded the city of Samaria. And uh, he had besieged the city. And so what happens at that particular time is uh, an enemy power or a power, if they wanted to take dominance over a, another, another power, they would come and one of the tactics they would use would be to surround the city. When, something, when the city is surrounded, basically they cut off all life support. Uh, there's nothing can get in and nothing can get out. And uh, so King Benedict had, had surrounded the city and uh, he was a, an imposing power trying to take over another city. And uh, over time, it's okay for the first couple of days. They can kind of get used to it. There's an enemy army out there. It's kind of threatening. But over time, as your life support starts to, starts to get cut off, uh, the situation starts to get more desperate and more desperate. Often we don't know how, uh, we don't realize the position we are until it comes into, des- we're come into a desperate position. But actually, we've been going down for a long time. Power has been, uh, been sucked off our life and we are in a place of desperation. And so it came to the point where it got so desperate that people were doing desperate things. People started uh, trading. They started uh, spending much more than they should do for something that was of 
previously of little value. For, for example, the Bible says that at one point there, a donkey's head was being sold for uh, quite a large sum of money. And at that time, uh, the donkey is an unclean animal. Uh, you don't touch the donkeys, uh, especially the donkey head. Uh, and so, but people were spending a lot of money in order to save themselves, in order, uh, out of the act of desperation, they would spend things, they would trade precious things in order to gain, just to survive. Uh, the, the donkey can also speak of, um, speaks of rebellion. Uh, often we find that uh, when people start to move away, we, we start to do our own thing. And it's simply what rebellion is. We, we do our own thing. We go away from what God wants for our lives, and we just choose to do our own thing, just like a rebellious child. Uh, the Bible also says that they were trading, they were buying things like, uh, like the Bible talks about uh, doves droppings. That was the figure of speech that they called. It actually wasn't a dung's dropping. It was actually uh, a small pot of seeds. And uh, so that's one of the things that they were doing. They were getting in such desperate situation. The Bible says that uh, they were gotten to devouring each other. <laughs> the power had so consumed their life that they got to a point where they were eating each other's children. Symbolically, that speaks of sometimes we can get so uh, in so much of a spiritual famine, we can get so cut off and so hungry and starved for, uh, for life that we start to do desperate things. And you know when you start to eat somebody else's children or when you start to think about eating your own children, you're in a desperate place. So we talk about, uh, I mean, right now we're not going to do that, but in a spiritual sense, we can do that. We can still eat each other's children. We can still consume our children in a spiritual sense. The Bible talks, of, when the Bible speaks of children, it speaks of, of, of our future. It speaks of our inheritance. It also speaks of, of, of our destiny. And so one of the things that we can do is we can start to devouring other people's destiny. When we start to get in ourselves in a place of desperation, when we're spiritually in a famine, when our soul is in a famine, we can start to devour one another. And often you see in the church, uh, we, we can get into a place where things look okay, but actually in our own heart, we're living in a famine. And one of the fruits you can see is we start to do our own thing. We can maybe live off old moves of God. We can start to devour one another. We can start to rob each other of their destiny. We can start to rob our own self of our own future. We do things that we would never normally do. One of the things I find is um, people get themselves into desperate situations. The Bible says, um, and then the king of Israel in verse 26 was passing by on the wall, and a woman cried out to him saying, help, help my Lord, help my king. One of the things I found is people are still saying the same thing, help. People are still looking for help, and maybe you're here today and you're in a spiritual famine, or maybe there's some sort of famine in your life, and you're looking for help. You only have to look to see, uh, talk to Sandy, and you can see how many people are looking for help. Pastor Mike in, in, in China right now, you know, people got all the wealth in the world, their own banks, but they're looking for help. People are looking for help regardless of their socioeconomic status. Everywhere you look, people are looking for help. Maybe you're here this morning and you're looking for help. Maybe you're in a desperate situation. Maybe it's with your finances. Maybe it's with your spouse. Maybe it's with your children. Maybe it's in your own heart somewhere. Maybe you're in a place of fear. Maybe you are lonely. 
Loneliness, I think, today is one of the greatest issues facing the world. We have uh, social media, which means you can be connected to nearly any person in the world that's got social media. However, with the rise of social media, people are still lonely. So people will do desperate things. People will do things that they wouldn't normally do in order to fill the void inside of their own heart. That's why people turn to things like pornography. Why? Because there's some other power operating inside of their life. You do things that you wouldn't want to normally do. You do things. It shows, it demonstrates there's a famine inside of your life. Maybe it's the drink. Maybe it's something. Maybe it's, it seems to be a little thing, but actually it's got a grip. It's got a power hold on, on your life. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to shift whatever power is on your life and bring you into a place of freedom. That, my friend, is why Jesus Christ came. Jesus came, the Bible says, not to condemn us, but to give us hope and to bring us life. The Bible says that the thief, the devil, comes to rob, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come to give, you, give us life, and life in abundance. Not just a miserable life, but a great life, a fantastic life, a full life, a life that's full of hope, a life that's full of freedom, a life that's full of joy. That is the life that Jesus wants you to have. So what power is abiding? What power is over your life? What's happening that's brought you in a place that you would do these things that you would never normally do? You may be okay financially, but you could still be very, very lonely in your heart. You might be sieged in a a place of your heart and you need help. Today I believe, I want to give you some keys this morning, and I'm praying that God wants to bring you hope because when you bring hope, when you get hope inside of your heart, when you start to walk in freedom, uh, other people can also walk in freedom. And I'm also believing for our own community here, we see in the story that we all have a power that operates over our life, but there's powers that operate over cities and over nations as well. And God is calling you and I as us as Christians to shift the power, not just our own life, but to shift the power that operates over cities and operates over nations. Amen? That is why he's filled you with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not a weak little bird. The Holy Spirit is powerful. The Holy Spirit is mighty. And that same Holy Spirit lives within you today, not just to give you goosebumps, but to shift the atmosphere around you. One of the things that we discovered in going to Pakistan, we needed the power of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit, uh, when we started to shift parts in our own life, we got into a position where we could actually start to shift and be a part of shifting the power of a whole country. And now in a country, you can see the power is starting to shift. So it doesn't matter what you struggle with. It doesn't matter right now where you are. God can use you in powerful, powerful ways. So here we see the Bible that says that the Syrian army had surrounded Samaria, and the place was in a famine, and people were in a desperate situation. Today, I want to encourage you. There is hope for you right now. There is hope for you right now. The Bible says that the prophet of God, the man of God, When he started to hear about these things, the Bible says that the king came and first he was angry with the man of God and, and then he comes and, 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 the, and then, the, then Elisha makes a prophetic decree. And this is important that you get the, that you get the understanding of this. The, and then Elisha in, in chapter 7 verse 1 says, hear the word of the Lord. In other words, God is about to speak. And I want to encourage you today that God wants to speak into your situation. When God speaks, things happen. Things, atmospheres are created. When the Bible says that at the beginning of the world, the world was without form, it was darkness, chaos ruled the world. But God spoke and something shifted. 
Some of you here need to know that this morning, God wants to speak, and God is speaking into your life this morning. God is prophetically speaking into your situation today. And he's saying, hear the word of the Lord about tomorrow, about this time. Things are going to start to shift. Things will shift. Now I want to encourage you this morning. That same word is for you this morning. Whatever situation that you're in, God wants to speak and encourage you. Things wants, he wants to change. He wants to shift the atmosphere inside of your life. And an officer, the Bible says in chapter 2, leaned and answered the man, and he said, look, if the Lord could make windows in heaven, could this thing be? In other words, he said, what are the chances of that happening? What are the chances of that happening? One of the things I discover, sometimes when we get a, hear a prophetic word or we hear a word from God, sometimes we can get very skeptical, especially when we're in a dire situation. And I don't know about you, but sometimes that's a very easy thing to do especially when you're right in the middle of it, especially when you're right there and you're struggling and somebody tries to speak something to you. Sometimes the first thing that you do, or I sometimes do anyway, is get sceptical. Yeah, right, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, as if that can happen. Friends, it's a place of unbelief, but it's also a place of scepticism. It's one of the worst places that we can get into. And I believe that, you know, we know that God is shifting something in the church here, bringing us forward, not back. To be sceptical over that, to say, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll sit there and wait and see what happens. Well, did I just say that? <laughs> but that's actually what some people say. That's actually some, some of the attitudes that will people say, oh, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. The Bible, Elisha said, I'll tell you what, with that kind of attitude, you're going to see it but you're not going to have a part of it. You'll see it, but you won't have a part of it. Because my Bible says when the word of the Lord goes forth, it will not return void. It will fulfill all that it's accomplished to do. We will see growth. We will see a shift in the place. We will see a shift in our country. We'll see a shift in this place. First point, don't get skeptical. I had a, a, great, a great man of God look at me the other day, uh, Pastor Phil Pringle. We took him out for lunch. He said, one of, the big, one of the worst things you could ever do when you're in a desperate situation or you're facing, with, facing pain is get skeptical. Skeptical, skepticism, the right word, is actually a fruit of unbelief. And if you want to shift in your life, what you don't want to be doing is being in a place of unbelief. <laughs> you want to be in a place of faith because it's faith that pleases not God, not your negative attitude. So if you want to shift, one of the first things I would encourage you to do, shift your perspective. (laughs) Shift your perspective. Don't be skepticism. Be in a place of faith. One of the things we're talking about is power. Power. So we see here that people are in in a negative situation. They're in a desperate situation. There is a power that is operating around their life, creating a very bad problem. Let me talk about how this, how this is created. So power, a response to a spiritual influence creates atmosphere. I want you to really listen to this. This is, a, this is something I got this, the other day from a, from a, from a great man of God. Uh, uh, response, power, a response to a spiritual influence creates an atmosphere. We see that in the beginning of the earth when God spoke. There was a spiritual influence and there was an atmosphere created. 
Spiritual influence creates atmosphere, and atmosphere that is sustained creates a climate. A climate, climates that are sustained create strongholds, and strongholds determine culture. So one of the things we find is that spiritual influences, we've got to be careful what spiritual influence we allow around our life. Because when you have a spiritual influence, it will shift, it will create atmosphere. Either it's a positive atmosphere, either it's an atmosphere that's uplifting, or it's an atmosphere that pulls people down. So a negative spirit, a critical spirit, will what? Will create a positive atmosphere? No way. No way. Will a spirit of faith create a negative atmosphere? No, it won't. It will create a positive one. So one of the th- that's why we wait, the Bible talks that we wage war, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Why? Because they know if whatever dominates the spiritual atmosphere over our life will eventually work and dominate your uh, atmosphere. It will dominate the, the climate that's around you. It will dominate how you live. The culture had shifted from one of a blessing and, and prosperity to they were doing desperate things. The culture of Samaria was that they were devouring one another. Something had shifted. And friends, the only way to shift culture back, to shift your environment back, is not a physical solution. It is a spiritual solution. You've got to shift something in the spirit around your own life before you can actually start to bring change. This is one of the first things, if you want to start to bring change inside of your life, whatever you are facing, financial, whatever, relational, if it's something in your heart, one of the first things you've got to do, don't get critical. Don't get skeptical. Be in a place of faith. Second thing, get yourself into a place where the spiritual atmosphere shifts. If you are surrounded by negative and critical people, offended people, you will get offended. If you are surrounded by people of faith, people that are positive, people that pray, people that get the word of God inside of their life, people that are in a place of faith, you will be lifted up. We can under, this is very simple to understand. It's a very simple dynamic. You're either listening to one spiritual influence or you're listening to another. How can you tell? Well, your spirit will tell you. You'll either feel uplifted or you'll feel brought down. You'll either feel full of faith or you'll feel slimed. A little gossip, a little talk like that, what was that going to do? That's going to bring you down. It's a spiritual influence. The the devil, when he tempted Eve, when he influenced Eve's life, it wasn't an outright accusation. He didn't accuse God of anything. How did he spiritually influence her life? He just simply put a seed of doubt. Did God really say? That was it. That was the starting of it. Did God really say? Are you sure about that? I'm a little bit skeptical about what God... It never, I, I can't, yeah, maybe it happens for you, but for me, a lot of the times the spiritual influence is gradual. It's gradual. You've just listened to a little bit here. Did God really say, is that really going to happen? Or is it not? Listen to what you, listen to what's getting around your space. Let's listen to, what you, you know, be aware of what you see. Be aware of what you listen to. Be aware of these things. Be aware of the influences that you'll have on your life because all of them have a spiritual content somewhere. 
Music has a spiritual content. Be careful what you listen to, what you watch. A response to a spiritual influence creates an atmosphere. What kind of atmosphere do you carry around your life? Is it cloudy? Yeah, it means around some people and it's like, yeah, it's kind of like you're a wet blanket, you know. I, you know, I came in all positive, but, but you're critical, you're bagging this, you're bagging that, you're, Sometimes it's just sitting there. When people are unresponsive, it's kind of like it creates an atmosphere. (laughs) If you say nothing, if you do nothing, it creates an atmosphere. (laughs) Ever tried to speak to somebody and they just don't say anything? And they don't do anything? How does it make you feel? It's awful. So some people, for example, they may sit under a place of loneliness or rejection. These are two common things. Though. They sit under a place and they, they, they struggle with loneliness and rejection. But yet, when you go and speak to them, it's like, I can't get anything. You're not responding. You're not. One of the first things, you've got to be listened. You've got to be aware of the spiritual atmosphere that comes around your life. Because that spiritual influence will create an atmosphere. And once you get that atmosphere sustained for a while, that's your climate. That's what you'll be known for. That's kind of, it starts to dominate your life. Once it starts, the climate sustained for a while, then it becomes a stronghold. You get fixed in this position. Once it's a stronghold, it's your culture. It defines who you are. Friends, the only way to shift that is to come back and do the same thing again. However, shift the spiritual influence on your life. Friends, this morning, what influence, what stronghold have you got around your life today? What stronghold? Interesting, the Bible says, and let's go into verse, in, 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 in verse 3, now there were four lepers men at the entrance of the gate, and so they didn't even hear. They did not hear Elisha. They did not hear the prophetic word was spoken. And so these guys were sitting in a place of no man's land. They were not inside, but they were outside. They were in between two awkward situations. And maybe you're here today and you're in a kind of a position like that. They must have lived like that for a while. However, it just happens to be that after the word of God was spoken, when God speaks something, it goes into the atmosphere. It doesn't mean you don't have to hear it audibly, but you'll find when God speaks something, people, it will resonate in people's spirits. It will resonate in your spirit when God speaks somewhere. You don't have to even hear it audibly. But something, when God speaks, it awakens things in people's hearts. And we've got four lepers, men, that were sitting outside the gate. It doesn't say how long they were sitting there, but it would suggest that it was a long time. And then it gets to the point where one of them must have said one thing. Why? Why do we sit here until we die? We know the story at the end of the story that God brings an incredible breakthrough. But if you bring it back, it comes back to this one question, why? The question why will challenge your belief system. It will challenge what's going on inside of your heart. The question why is an incredible question because it, it can stimulate creativity. 
but it can challenge beliefs. It can challenge where you are at. Why should we sit here until we die? You may be in a position right now in a place of no man's land. You're not quite sure what to do. You're wanting a change, but you don't know what to change to it. You don't even know how to facilitate change. I know lots of people are in that position. You're just not sure. You just don't like where you are right now. You're looking for a change. Friends, we're all going to die someday. So the question is, why do we sit here until we die? All of us have that same choice today. Why do I sit here in this place and die? Either we sit here and we die and never change and nothing happens, and we're going to just die anyway. If we go over here, we're going to die. But if we go over here, well, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. One of the things you'll find... You find yourself in a place of decision because our decisions will determine our, the course of our life. And your decisions, shaped by the culture that you've established around your life, and the atmosphere and the climate, all these things shape your decisions. These guys must have perceived something in their spirit that something had shifted, something awakened inside of their heart. Decision making is very, very important. They said to one another that the rhetorical question, why do we sit here until we die? It is a very thought-provoking question because it challenges where you sit in life. It puts you in a place, of, puts you in a place where it doesn't actually have a, always have a clear answer. You can't just verbally always give an answer to it. It is self-challenging. It does not depend on a verbal response. The answer is always in the action that is taken. Why do we sit here until we die? For some people, you just sit in your position and eventually you'll die. Some people do make that decision. Some people choose to go back or put themselves into an environment where they're also going to die, but also going to be, it's just an awkward situation. One of the things you'll find is to break out of where you are, it will take risk and it will take determination. It will take faith. If you want to shift the atmosphere in your life, it will take faith. The Bible says if you try and save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. One of the worst things you can do is become stagnant. Don't be stagnant. You've got to flow. If you sit in the place, you will die. But if you shift, if you make some decisions, make a decision to go forward, make a decision to step out and take a risk. Don't go backward. Be courageous and move ahead. Don't wait for your problem to overcome you, but be bold and face the problem. The Bible says that with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. My friends, whatever, you, whatever place you're in right now, it's not, it, it, it's, it's not hope that pleases God. It's not wishful thinking. It's not fantasy. It's faith that pleases God. And faith is an action word. One of the first things you've got to do is be bold and be courageous. Whatever, face, whatever situation you are facing right now, 
These guys said, why should we sit here until we die? Why? 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 All of us have got to answer that question. I've had to answer that question myself. Why am I sitting here in this place? I know if I stay here, it's, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. If I go over there, it's also going to be bad. But over here, I don't know. There could be something here. Let's, give it, let's just give it a shot. Let's just give it a go and see what happens because both of these other options are going to lead nowhere. Give it a shot. Just give it something. Just try something. Just take a step. Just make a step of boldness. Just do something. You'll find all of us will be in a place that we can just do something. Make a decision. The Bible says that these men, they did two things. First thing, they arose. Friends, you've got to get up. <laughs> you have got to get up on your feet. It sounds very simple, but no one's going to drag you to your feet. You've got to, getting to your feet is a faith step. You've got to stand up, stop standing, sitting down there and feeling sorry for your situation. Stand up. When you stand up, your perspective will start to shift. If you're sitting down like that, you won't see much. But if you stand up, you'll start to see. Do something. First thing, stand up. However that looks for you, just stand up. <laughs> the, the Bible says they, stood, they, they arose at twilight. The word twilight is symbolic of change. It's a changing of, of two different lights. Friends, we're in a season of change. Stand up. Just stand up. It's as simple as that. Get out of the place where you are. You may still be covered with, you may still have your troubles. Just stand up anyway. Take a step of boldness and start to move. The Bible says that as they started to move, that what they discovered was the enemy, or the, what they perceived was the enemy, was not really there. <laughs> they had gone. They had taken They just dropped everything and they just picked themselves up and just bolted. Why? God caused them to hear a sound. The victory had already been won. Today, Jesus Christ has already won the victory for you. He has already filled you with his Holy Spirit. You have everything that you need right now. But you just, some people just sit there and die. Today, I believe that there are people here you may be just be sitting there waiting. Stand up. Just stand up. Just be bold and stand up. Make a decision and stand to your feet. You've just got to get up and take a step. You may be lonely. Don't just sit there and be quiet and not even try anything. You'll stay lonely. If you're rejected, if you just sit there and say, I'm rejected, you're going to stay rejected and you're going to die that way. Just stand up. Take a step. The Bible says a man who has friends must show himself friendly. Show yourself friendly. If you need help, there's help available. Just stand up. The Bible says that the Lord had gone before him and caused the enemy to hear a massive thunderous noise and they just hightailed it out of there. 
Jesus has already won the victory for you. One of the things we often find is what we think is out there is actually, it may actually be there, but when you respond in faith, when you step out in faith, God will meet you. We can have the musos up. God will meet you. God will act on your behalf. He responds to faith, my friends. One of the things we see is that the response, the decision by four people that lived off the leftovers of the leftovers of a famine had what it took to stand to their feet and have a go. If they can do that in their situation, I know that today that whatever you are facing, you have got what it takes to stand to your feet and to have a go. Stand to your feet and just have a go. Some people you live under shame and depression and all these horrible things. Just stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet. Four lepers, men, standing to their feet, shifted a power that set a whole city free. Just four people. It's all it took. It just takes somebody stand to their feet and say, I'm not going to sit here and die. I'm not going to go back to where I came from. I'm just going to step out. What have I got to lose? What have I got to lose? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and touch your people this morning. Holy Spirit, you see people here today. They need help. They need help in parts of their lives, Holy Spirit. Some people here, Holy Spirit, they are walking in famine. They're in a desperate situation. Some people have been sitting in this place for a long time. Holy Spirit, I thank you that nothing is impossible for you. You rose Jesus Christ from the dead. That you live in us today. That you live in me today, Lord. Doesn't matter what people are saying around me, Holy Spirit. I choose to listen to you. I choose today, Holy Spirit, that you would influence the atmosphere in my life. That the climate around my life would be Holy Ghost atmosphere. That the strongholds will be one of faith and determination. And that the culture around me will bring people to life again. Just stand to your feet. Just stand up in whatever way you need to stand up. Just stand to your feet. Why don't we just worship Him right now? God wants to bring freedom into your life today. Shift the atmosphere. Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Yes. Where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Come on, speak it over your situation today. Lift your eyes to heaven 
of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, today we make a decision to stand up on the inside. Holy Spirit, today we make a decision to cut out the other influences that we've been listening to. Listen to those voices. Today we just cut them off in Jesus' name. Today we hear your voice, Holy Spirit. Speak into our hearts today. Touch, Holy Spirit. Touch your people today, I pray in Jesus' name. I speak right now to the famine that's been over people's lives. I break its power in Jesus' name. I speak to the famine that's over our city. I break your power in Jesus' name. I speak freedom in the name of Jesus. I speak blessing right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, just stand up and give it a go. Stand up and give it a shot. Freedom reigns in this place.